This is Francois, Tennessee with Royal Realty Group, brokered by EXP. The market's really crazy these days. You're gonna need someone you can trust to help you with buying, selling, and finding investment properties. Feel free to give me a call, 214-704-4749. And also follow us on all social media platforms at Royal Realty Group TX. Now enjoy the show with Cuff and Mo. So where are you from? Gary, Indiana. Now, how does a guy from Gary, Indiana end up here? Well, I got out of the Marine Corps here. Okay. I, uh, back in 1989, I was stationed at the Dallas Naval Air Station here. And so I had some family here. And so when I got out into my enlistment, I decided to stay in Dallas and just make a home out of it. So you decided not to be like the next member of the Jackson family? I did not want to be like the next member of the Jackson family, but I was trying, though, man. I was trying to sing a little something. Can you Gary, go? Yeah, I go a little bit. Okay. Gary and Anna, the home of the Jacksons and Freddie Gibbs. Yeah. And, and Denise Williams. Yeah. That too. Denise yeah. Williams. And, and, and the clan's not too far away either. They're all around, but yeah. they just don't come into Gary. Yeah, I bet they don't. <laughs> That's all Black like growing up back then in, in in indiana well i grew up in the 70s and 80s i was born in 67 so uh you know it was a lot different you know living here in the south i could see stark differences the when we grew up man going to school we talked about black history i mean black history wasn't just one month that was every day 365 days a year you know and so it was just a, it was a much different thing you were used to seeing black people doing things you know entrepreneurship the first i think the first mayor in america was a black mayor from gary indiana his name was uh richard gordon hatcher and uh yes and uh he lived right down the street from us you know everybody you know in gary it's it's all black you know it's a lakefront community right by chicago you know it's just it's just a great place and it was like wakanda in the 70s you wow that's what it was like for us isn't zach randolph from gary indiana too I believe so. Yeah, I, I, I believe think, so. I think Zebo yeah. is too. Yeah. So I, I want to give you the opportunity because, and and forgive us, but you're so uh, patient and, and kind that uh, you didn't even correct us. We've been calling you Chevalier <laughs> for <laughs> a minute. Since we, <laughs> Since we met you. And I know everybody calls you that. Yes, so that's true. So go ahead and tell people who you really are. So my first name is actually Yule. Middle name Chevalier, last name Neil. So I, the, that name came from my mom. My mom was, is, not was, is a big patron of the arts. So she loves Broadway musicals. She loves plays. So Yule came, of course, from Yule Brenner. And then Maurice Chevalier was a famous Broadway singer and performer. And she named me after him. He performed uh, most famously in a show called The Music Man, which was set 
in Gary, Indiana, back in the 1800s. Wow. And so that's that's actually where the name Chevalier came from. And believe it or not, I couldn't spell it until I was probably in the ninth grade. <laughs> so at what point did you give up on just correct people? Because I'm sure you've heard Chevalier for, for forever and ever and ever. All the time, man. I've heard Chevrolet, Chevalier. I've heard it all. You know? <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, 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 it's okay with me. But sometimes, you know, if it's business related, I'll say, well, it's Chevalier. But... You know, eventually when I get to talk and I'll say it or something, you know, nicely so somebody can get it. So, I mean, he's got this this beautiful piece of artwork behind him. I'm just going to get to it, Cuff. Okay. Chevalier Critiques is the Instagram. Humidors, all kinds of accessories and things like this. Like, what's the inspiration behind this? Because like, when we first met you, and shout out to Susie at Lit Torch for the intro. We first met you, I was like, oh, he's got cigars and everything. You're like, no, 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 no. I got all the other good stuff. And you show up today with these pieces of art, basically. Like, where does this inspiration come from? Well, my sister and I, uh, we started this. Uh, it was just kind of spur of the moment, man. There was no real, real anything to it. We uh, started doing, we were going to do the Black Cigar Festival last summer, you know, kind of post-COVID. And uh, I've been doing Chevalier critiques on Instagram, and I was doing Thoughts of a Classic Man and some other things, always smoking on the patio. And a buddy of mine in Houston who was doing that Black Cigar Festival called me and said, hey, man, we need some vendors. What can you come up with? And I said, what do you mean? He said, I, I just want a vendor or something. We need a couple of vendors. It's our first one. So I said, well, I've been thinking about selling some humidors. You know, I've been wanting to make a humidor. And so we started out with this one that you guys see here. Okay. And uh, this was a box that, uh, you know, my sister's a graphic designer. So we, we actually just sat down one day and said, what can we do different than no one else is doing? We wanted to try to find a niche market that we could get into. And she said, let's try putting a picture on it. I said, what do you mean? She said, maybe we can digitally put a picture on top of there. You ever seen anything like that? I said, no, I've seen it on some watch boxes and things. She said, let's try it. So we tried it. We grabbed this box, we ordered this box off the internet, and uh, we did it. It's beautiful. We it is, did it. It is beautiful. And, uh, you know, this one uh, is available on ChevalierLife.com. That's my website where I sell uh, cigar accessories, personalized humidors is what I like to call them, and uh, cigar apparel like the shirt I have on here. And uh, this one actually comes with a cutter and an ashtray. And uh, But these are my personal boxes, a couple of my personal boxes. So is, is your face on all of these or is it whoever purchases it can have their, it can be personalized, but it's going to have... Chevalier as the as his um, brand. It, it'll have Chevalier as the brand, but they can put whatever they want on it. Okay, so, so it's completely do, custom. Right. When they when they order, if they place an order on the website or chevalierlife.com, what we'll do is uh, we'll help them to send the pictures over. They have to be high resolution pictures. Usually an iPhone 11, 10. You know, those pictures work. This was shot on iPhone 11 at Cigar International. You hear that, the cop? Get an iPhone. You get hear you that? an iPhone. If you're one get of those Android guys. Come on. He, he, was, he, he just, he's holding on for dear life. I'm going to tell you all like this. I am not a sheep. I can cut against the grain, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> well, you know. Shout out to all my Android lovers out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got some for Android, too, but. It just don't come out quite as clear. It don't come out quite as clear, but we'll make it work, though. Yeah, okay. We'll make it work. Okay. It's all about customer service at ChevalierLife.com. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll, uh, we'll do a couple mock-ups. You know, uh, my sister Tanya will call up the customer, kind of talk to them, get a feel for what they want, get them to send some images, and then she'll take two or three days, put together a couple mock-ups, and send it back to the customer. 
they decide and then we make the so once going. so once they decide on you know whichever mock-up they're going to go with what's the turnaround time usually depending on what they want and how they want it uh, i usually ask for three weeks usually knock it out in about two okay it just depends on what we're doing but with this particular box like i said this one was shot i had a picture and i wanted to have something as an example for the customer and so i shot this at uh at cigar international as a selfie and then just put it on the box oh wow and you know it was a it was a color picture and uh we enhanced it a little bit and uh and that's that's what we got so speaking of color can this be uh in color versus a black and white yes it can okay. it can be any way you want it we can do anything you want i've got one customer out of arizona that's bought three for me and he likes to have one picture of himself he likes to have another one in the background like a shadow and so we can do anything that can be done on a computer we can do it and apply it's it fire, to the bro. Uh, beautiful pieces are what, thank what, you what's the ticket look run for on one of these pieces man so for the one with my picture one like that runs about 280 bucks plus shipping okay and uh the other one that you see down there is actually the masterpiece bigger box that's not as expensive this one's about 170. This one is called Beauty is Her Name on the Chevalier Life. You got and some we'll, sticks in there, so oh yeah. I don't want to open that up, but can we do this? Oh, yeah. It's a masterpiece. Mm, yeah, what we gorgeous. did, all I did was, you know, make a stencil and put, put that on the glass for me, you know, and it lights up. It does some different things that, you know, some customers won't get. But if they want it, I can do it. I can do anything that you want to do. You can imagine it. I'll find a way to make it work. So this lights up on the inside? Yes. LED? Yes. Mm -hmm. We okay. have a, a Can we see it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah let's pop that I over. I think it's probably not on in there. Yeah. I took the light out. Mm. This tray comes out there. We'll grab that other side. I'm saying throw some Bavada packs in there and you're good to go, huh? Yeah. I got one of those in there, but it has a humidifier in there. Comes with a little light that comes on and I haven't charged this thing in forever. This is my outside box that sits on my patio. Okay. And uh, and so normally this affixes right at the top. Got it. And then the light, you just turn it on. It'll change colors. It'll do whatever you want it That's to do. That's dope. So when I have company, I usually you know put it on. Spice just for it up a little bit. Yeah. Just for the effect. Give it Showing out just a little bit. Give it a little Chevalier lifestyle hey. cool type thing. Come on now. Like they say, to live the Chevalier life, there's four basic principles. Okay. Smoke the cigar, sip the whiskey, sing to the music, and save the cuisine. So it's all about a vibe. And so with our pieces, we try to create something that kind of represents that vibe that we're trying to do. That's the Chevalier lifestyle. Give us, give us those four uh, cardinal principles again. Smoke the cigar, sip the whiskey, sing to the music, and savor the cuisine. You put a lot of thought to that, man. That's actually pretty fire. It's, it's all about the vibe, the energy. Well, it's, it's about me. It's what I do. You know, my, my whole daily vibe. I go to work every day. I come home. I smoke a cigar. I'm going to sip a little whiskey. You know, I, I, I like to sing sometimes. I like to listen to jazz. If you know, I do the, uh, the uh, cigar track of the day on uh, Chevalier Critiques every morning. And I do a Thoughts of a Classic Man. So that's my vibe for the day. Usually, usually, pre-COVID, we were going out probably six nights a week for oh. dinner. And, uh, and so that was my savor of the cuisine, you know. And uh, usually once or twice a week, I'll post a great restaurant in Dallas or wherever I'm traveling, you know, just to give people an idea of, uh, you know, great places they can eat. So you, you sip whiskey regularly and you, you, you uh, eat well, but you, you stay in great shape. 
Talk, I mean, you just blessed. I mean, what you doing? I'm gonna say I'm blessed, man. I'll be 55 on July 4th. Crazy. What? Yeah, I'll be 55. Crazy. And, uh, I've been blessed. You know, I work hard every day, but you know, with great work comes great reward. You know, I work hard to play harder. Man, you are doing mind. it, bro, for real. Thank you, brother. Thank you. I appreciate that, that. So this being the Vision Lab, right? Like I said, you father of five kids. You know, obviously great products on your website and whatnot. When you kind of set out on this on this journey if you will especially when it comes to chevalier what did you originally envision right like because this all starts with somebody saying hey man we need a vendor and like you said you had kind of been playing around with it right but now it's a real thing so as you're putting pen to paper and this has to become a real thing like what did you originally envision i didn't envision it to be as much work as it is you know I'm, i've always been a person that's very been go very goal oriented and i've always been driven but I, I never imagined that it would take so much work. You know, I've got to be very regimented to do this. <laughs> you know, I have to be just getting up every morning at four o'clock, doing the thoughts of a classic man first, cigar track of the day, you know, doing some reading, a lot of prayer every yes. day. And uh, I didn't realize how much time it would take away from my family. So I've had to kind of take a couple steps back and readjust and prioritize some things, maybe not go to every event in town, Maybe, you know, you know, dedicate some quiet time to my family. And that's been a struggle because as I get out here and my name is getting out more and more, people, people are saying more. they want more. They want yeah. you to come and come around. So I started bringing my wife around. She's like, I don't want to do cigars today, baby. <laughs> you know, I'm like, OK, OK, let's uh, let's go eat. You know, <laughs> so it's uh, it's um, the biggest thing is just prioritizing. You know, that's probably my biggest challenge right now is, you know, getting used to just not trying to do it all. You know, I'm a perfectionist, too, as it relates to what I do. Even in my job at General Motors, I'm a perfectionist. And so I try to, you know, put forth the best, best effort to get the best result in everything I do. And I teach my kids that. And that's, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's exactly where I wanted to go. You got, you know, five kids, blended family, right? right. Um and I don't know the age ranges of the kids, but all of them need lessons, right? So what are some of the lessons that you're trying to teach them as you get up every morning at, at 4 a.m. To, to do what you, you do? Well, one of the biggest lessons that I, I, I preach 100% is never too late to chase a dream. Say that again. It's never too late to chase a dream. And, you know, I started this at 53. I just right at my 54th birthday. You know, I've always had a great job. I've always been in management. You know, I've, I've always done really well for myself, but it's one thing to work for somebody else. It's another thing to work for yourself. Amen. And so for me, for them, all I want them to do is see an example. Like I saw examples growing up of a black man that's not out here hustling. I'm out here working to get what I want, you know, and I'll do what I got to do and make the sacrifices I need to make in order to do it the right way. And so I've got four sons and then I got a 12 year old daughter. So it's important for me to set an example for them to not get caught in the pitfalls that a lot of young men, no matter what color they are, get caught up in, whether it's, you know, early pregnancies and, you know, whatever it is, man, the mistakes that they make. I just try to show them, hey, I'm, I'm working hard every day. So you guys have a choice on what you want to do a little bit later. Hey, when I, I figure what you're really saying is I'm twice as old as y'all. If I can get out here, if and do I get it, out you got no excuse. You can get out here and do it. That's exactly <laughs> what it is, man. And I, uh, you know, I don't, I want to leave a legacy. Some, this is my legacy right here. Now, whatever they do with it later, I can, I can, 
rest well knowing that I provided a great life for them. And they gonna, they're going to make the choices they, they want to make. But for me, it gives me peace to know that I laid out a foundation for them moving forward. And that's what it's all about for me. I'm not switching gears, but I want to go a layer deeper. Okay. First of all, I can sit and smoke and chill with you all day. And this is our first time, you know, interacting. But I like the energy and the vibe that you're, that you're giving off, right? Um, going a layer deeper, and we're talking about your kids being a father of five, right? Um, the lessons that you're, you're imparting upon them. Why is it so important to you to leave that legacy behind? Well, fortunately for me at my age, both of my parents are still alive. They weren't Man. together. They weren't together. They, they split up and they divorced in 1975. But they've all, they always maintained a great relationship for my sister and I. You know, when I settled here, my sister eventually came to Dallas. My mom moved here. Now my dad lives here a couple blocks from here with his, his, his wife. And uh, I wanted to, because I do have a blended family, First, my, my, my main thing was to create something that not only displays my passion, but also for them, because I, I deal with their dad a lot, my, my stepsons and my sons, but I deal with him a lot. And so there's times when I'm talking to him about some of my ideas. I like to let them see that. I like to let them see that as men, we can be on the same page because our ultimate goal is to make sure we raise great kids. And so everything I do, man, is just geared towards that. You know, I don't get caught up in all the superficial, excuse my French, yeah, bullshit. Oh, yeah, no, that, that a lot of you can say what you want to okay. say. Yeah, Speak I, I, freely. Say yeah, I don't, I don't get caught up in all of that petty bullshit that men get into, man. We're, we're here trying to raise kids. You know, this is what we want to do. We want to create something that you know, these kids can look back on and say, you know, my stepdad this, my dad did this, my mom did this. That's what it's all. It's real simple for me. When I was growing up, my dad worked, man, and he he was transferred to Philadelphia at a crucial time for me when I was like 13 years old. And, you know, my mom was a single parent. My dad was a great dad, even though he wasn't in the home because they maintained a great relationship. I, I can't say that I came from a broken home per se, but I know that I went through a lot of things that I don't want them to go through. Like, you know, my sons don't live with me, but they don't feel like the the, the other sons get more attention mm -hmm. than them. The only thing they, they see is that, well, sometimes dad drives to Frisco and picks us up and brings us. If we're going somewhere, we're all doing it. You know, I, I, I go at, to great lengths, man, to, to create a oneness in my family, you know. I go to great lengths to do that. And I'm not perfect, but you know, my dad didn't really do those things. So, you know, not because he didn't know, he didn't have a dad in the home, you know. So I wanted to just do something a little bit different, man. And it comes at great sacrifice at times. Like I told you guys, I sleep about three, four hours a night because I'm doing stuff like that. When I get done, sometimes I just go in the room and if they're playing video games, I just start playing. I don't want to play. But they need that time. With That's me. right. You know, they need that time to say, hey, no matter what, my stepsons always say, Pop's always there. Like today, I left work. I knew I was coming here. I had some, some cigar business to do. So between 2 o'clock and 6.30, I did some cigar business, ran a couple errands, put brakes on my son's car, and then came here. You know? Yeah, it's just that's just what I do. Dedication what, is the word, homes. And, and the other word I'm thinking of is is humility, right? Like you mm -hmm. you humble yourself because there's a greater cause, and that's the energy that I'm picking up on. You know what I mean? And they're all I got, man. You know, at the end of the day, 
you know, I think a lot of people get so confused about life, man. At the end of the day, we have a very limited time in which we live. Two days ago, I was 25. Yesterday, I was 40. Today, I'm 54. Man, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be 55 years old. The average life expectancy for us as men is about 78. So do the math. I don't have much time, you know, and I, I'm not afraid. You know, I've, I've seen so much in this life, man, and you know, I'm not afraid of death. You know, the only thing I'm afraid of is is living my life without a purpose. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of that, man. I'm afraid of me, me and my wife, when we talk about, you know, all the time that I put towards this and the different things that I'm doing. So I'm always doing stuff for people. I tell her I got to have some purpose. I can't just go to work every day and punch a clock and then come home and sit on the patio. Sometimes I got to feel like I'm doing something that's helping somebody else. That's what that's what fuels me inside. Man. And um, yeah, it's just really that simple. You know, you, you don't you only got a limited amount of time here, man. So you got to make it work and make it count. Because the one thing my uncle always used to tell me, he says, man, you know, when I turned 80 years old, he said, I realized that I was probably going to not be here much longer. And he said, you know. A couple months later, after all of the pompous circumstances and the tears and the funeral, that's it. That's it. Think when you think about it, that's it, man. Nobody, nobody, you know, every now and then they come out and see your headstone, but that's it. Yeah, sunrise the next day. Yeah, and you gotta be all right with that. And I'm all right with choice. That. I'm all right with it. You know, I don't I don't get that tightness in my stomach and feeling like, oh God, I'm gonna go. Man, I'm going to do the best I can do while I'm here. I'm going to leave a legacy for these kids. I'm going to enjoy myself, live my, live my life unapologetically. And then and, and when it's time for me to go, I'm going to check out of here and be okay. That's fire, bro. Yeah. When you just brought it up, and I was going to ask you, but when you say or when you hear the word legacy, what's the first thing that pops in your head? Kids. Mm. Kids. It's, it's that, that selfless mentality. Yes, absolutely. It is. That, that, that hum, humility to, to be selfless. And that, you know, the, you know, the opposite of love is not hate. What is it? Selfishness. Mm-hmm. Really? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you're living a selfless lifestyle. I'm trying. I'm vibing with that, bro. I'm trying, man. I tell you what, it's difficult. You know, you be out here on the cigar scene. It's difficult sometimes. <laughs> Do we need to edit that out? Nope. <laughs> ain't nothing I ain't ever said at home. You yeah. know, it's difficult sometimes. But I got an amazing wife, man. Yeah. You know, my wife is a cool lady. She's a smart lady. When we got together, man, we both were rebuilding ourselves. You sure. know, I worked. She went back to college, man, got her bachelor's, then her master's. Now she's you know, she's uh, on the executive level with Baylor Hospital and she's doing really well for herself. And, uh, you know, we both, we just want to raise our kids, man, and give them the best life. Give them the best life, man, and and have some fun in the process. That's it. Shout out to wifey. This is this is your sage advice you're always talking about. Yeah. This, is, this is real sage advice. Uh, before we, you know, hop to the, 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 the next part of this interview, allow us to say thank you to the good folks here at Blowing Smoke. Uh, check this commercial out for people here at Blowing Smoke, 1604 North I-35 in Lancaster. Adam, cue the spot. Hey everyone, Edwina Brown here, owner-operator of Blowing Smoke Cigar Lounge. We're located at 1604 North Interstate 35E in Lancaster, Texas. We would love for you to come see us. We stand on the three C's, which are cigars, our community, and our culture. Cigars, we have over 300 SKUs in our humidor and it's still growing. Come check it out a massive humidor 
We also love our culture here, which we're about customer service, as well as community, which is why we're excited to partner with the Vision Lab podcast. So come check us out. All right, big shout out to EB and Blown Smoke, Jacoby, everybody here. Um, we absolutely love you guys. Um, if you're like Mo said, if you're in the southern part of the Metroplex, make sure you come holler at them. So you got some some swag with you too, right? I got a little swag. Let's let's see let's see some swag. Well, I tell you what, I've got one of my shirts on. Okay, Beautiful. I've got one of my shirts on. This is fire camouflage. I love camo. Shirt. Uh, some people think it's me. It could be, right? Is it? You the inspiration behind it? Is it or is it not? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm telling you right now, Cuff already knows I want a hoodie, so we can talk about that off camera. But I need a hoodie. Well, see, your beard is thick enough to to get you know to do that. He he and I understand each other. You don't wear no hats. Well, hey, listen, God didn't bless me like that. I'm blessed in other ways. Watch out. And uh, I brought some other stuff I've got in the bag off camera. I bought some shirts and some different things like that. But all of my shirts, I have uh, apparel for men and women. You know, I have some great T-shirts, lots of designs. Man, I couldn't put them all up here. We've got quite a bit on ChevalierLife.com. So I encourage everybody to visit the website. And while I have an opportunity, I want to say thank you to everyone that's been supporting me. I've only been out here since July. Yeah. The website's not even a year. On, not even a year. The website's only been going since December. And so, so many of you guys have taken the time to support me here locally in Dallas and beyond. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Gratitude, right? Like we always talk about it. Yes, sir. And, you know, you and I got things that we're working on and, and listen to him stop everything and say thank you. And I'm sure you'll agree with this. Like sometimes even myself, and you know I'm 100 miles an hour as soon as I wake up, even, even, even I have moments where you have to take a step back and say, just thank you for the progress you've made on whatever it is you're trying to get accomplished, right? Like mm-hmm. I've got this thing like whether I take one step forward or 10 steps forward a day, every now and then we get so caught up in it, you don't take a step back to realize like, man, I've made a heck of a lot of progress. And you have to say thank you for just getting to that particular point where you exactly. are. Exactly. And the fact that you've only been out here for six, seven months as far as the website is concerned, and you're still conscious of that fact is, is a beautiful thing to hear. Um, four sons and a, and a daughter. The concept of gratitude, because clearly you sacrifice, which, which, any, which any reasonable parent has no problem doing, right? Mm-hmm. But what do you teach them? What do you impart on them when it comes to the term sacrifice and what, re- what that really entails? The biggest thing I really push with them is to appreciate everything is done. You know, I don't necessarily talk to them about my sacrifices because that's my job. You know, they're not supposed to know that. Yeah, they're not supposed to know what I go through. And they do. And they do. But they're not supposed to know it, man. I don't care that they do or that they don't. But what I want them to do is appreciate not only what I do for them, but what their teachers do for them, the people, their coaches. You know, I want them to be appreciative and be mostly appreciative of people's time. Because mm-hmm. I figure if they can be appreciative of people's time, if they understand that concept, everything else is going to fall into place. That's right. Now, I'm a Marine. You know, I'm a Marine through and through. You know, when you get out, you're still a Marine. That's right. And so there's some things that I impart upon them that some parents might not agree with. I don't have to spank anybody because we started early, you know, so we don't have to deal with a lot of the bullshit that some people have to deal with. Because you, they already you got know. doing chairs up against the wall. No, but I tell you what. So on one of the older ones, the push-ups. Okay. The push-ups. That was that was a big thing, you know. Hey, oh, I'm not gonna beat your ass. Just get to going. Yeah. I sit in the chair and be like, 
I'll let you know when you're done. Keep going. I, I, I'm, you're done when I'm tired. Uh-huh. <laughs> Patience in. But, but, but I got athletes. Yeah. I got athletes, man. So, you know, that didn't last long. You know, but you things like. Else out. Yeah, and, and a lot of it is just because of the level of communication that we have with them. I could just look at you and say, you know, I'm real disappointed in that decision that you made. And usually that's enough right there to make the whole house quiet. Listen, that word for me is so mm. big. Um, it, I'm okay with failing and, and messing up, being scolded and corrected. And obviously I'm talking about when I'm younger, right? But if you told me you were disappointed, that one hurt. Yeah. So I think I internalize that. So if I ever tell someone I'm disappointed in you, that's almost like, um, you know, I'm, I've written you off. Because if, if you if you disappoint me, that means that I put my trust in you and you violated it. Like, it's a special bond, you know what I mean, that that, that I'm giving you. And I'll let you make mistakes and, and because that happens, right? But but don't don't disappoint. You know, don't don't give any effort and don't just, you know, quit. Like when you disappoint, it's 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 a wrap for me. So that's it's 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 deep when you say that. Yeah, it's a hard thing to deal with sometimes as it relates to kids. And everything I do, like we said earlier, kind of encompasses them, even though they're not a part of it. I don't bring them into anything cigar-wise at all. But, you know, um, I like to, like I said, it's all about an example, you know. And I, I always feel like if I'm setting the right example, because they're smart kids, they get it. So I don't have to talk down to them. They get it. You know, so I just try to make sure I'm doing things the right way, man. And and it just works. You know, I, I know it probably doesn't work for everybody, but for us, it works. You know, so you you got it figured out. 50, almost you know, about to be 54, right? 55. 55, excuse yeah. me. Um, that's easy, right? Like you, you can look back and say, OK, I made this mistakes and I know how to how to do these things. But talk to me about when you were coming up. Because the man that sits before us today, have you always been that guy? No. Or did you go through some shit to get to to where you are? So I've never been afraid to be vulnerable or to be open. Come on with And I've made every mistake at least five times that a man can make. You know, I grew up in a, you know, my mom was a single woman. You had a boyfriend, used to, to fight her, you know. And, and in my first marriage, sad to say, I did those things. Okay. You know, and I had to... Really look inside of myself to change, man. Um, you know, wasn't a religious experience. It just, you know, some people say that you can't change things, you can't change people, but I never use the word can't when it comes to me. You know, if it's something that I want to do, I'm going to do it, you know. And so I, 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 you know, quietly put myself in some counseling for some years. That was probably the biz- biggest mistake I ever made. It wasn't about how I got there for me or 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 it was the fact that I did the shit, you know? And, you know, I, I went to counseling once and I was talking to a counselor and she said, so if your mom went through that, how do, how do you figure you became the same guy? I said, well, I think uh, I've put a lot of thought to that. I said, whenever you, you see situations of domestic violence and stuff, there's always something for the women. Everybody forgets about the wow. little boy Wow, that's in the house it. that's watching this shit that doesn't know how to process it. That, and and I never thought, and I got to be 34, 35 years old before I realized that. You, you know, 
I, I, I did a lot of different things, man. A lot of different relationships because I was a young guy. I was a marine man. Attractive young guy, yeah. I was out there. You, know, you can I, win. You can yeah, win. I was, I, you know, I was a winner. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to make it easy. Yeah, on yeah. I was a winner. And uh, man, you know, you you just you just do shit. You know, you know, I I grew up in the hood. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a reformed hood. You know, I yeah. don't say <laughs> what it is. You know, yeah. and so I did a lot of stuff. I made a lot of mistakes, man, but. I remember when my first wife, when we split up, we had a conversation. And I don't know. She's probably not going to see this. She may. Her husband's it. He smokes cigars, so she may see it. But um, I remember um, us having a conversation after we split up, some years after, because we still had kids to raise together. And, uh, and it was a hard thing to hear how she felt. It was a hard thing to hear. it, And that was the beginning of some of the changes that I started trying to make for myself. But... The thing was, I didn't know where to go. So I remember being in Plano. I went to this place called Hope's Door. You know, it was like a battered women's shelter that offers counseling. I got into some trouble with my ex-wife and they got put on probation. And so I went there and uh, I said, you know what? I'm going to do this. got to change this. So I went there and I got to say that was the worst experience of my life. Why? Because how do you take women that have been abused and then have them to try to teach men that have been abusers for whatever reason in their life, how do they teach them not to be abused? So we would have these questions and answer sessions, right? And again, I wasn't as vulnerable and open as I am now, but I, I was working at it and I was, you know, some 20 years younger then, you know? Mm -hmm. And so every time I would say something, the, the four or five women that were running the group would just get infuriated. And so I'd be like, well, you asked. You we're asked, you asked the question. In here. So if I'm going to speak freely because I got to be here. Let's talk about it. If I'm willing to be open enough to tell you, you know, about me, you got to be open enough to take it. You can't get mad and say, this is re reminding me of what it's, what I've been through. I said, now I sympathize and I understand but that was my that's where that question comes from. So what about these boys, man? They they forget all about it. It's like they say men are supposed to learn from their actions. Men are supposed to be this way. Men are supposed to be that way. But then you take a kid like me that saw this shit from the time he was in the second grade all the way until he was big enough to make it stop. No, nobody was there to talk nobody to ever, me. Or, ever, I never yeah. learned how to deal with it's them feelings, programming, man. Too. Yeah, and I was angry, man. And then I went into Marine Corps, and that wasn't no better because everything <laughs> then was kill, kill, kill. The Marine Corps of the 80s is not the same Marine Corps that you have now where these kids are getting grief counseling, and they learn to deal with their feelings. Let me tell you, they tell you, get that gun, go out there, and kill a motherfucker. Yeah. Channel all that energy to survive. The only thing you want to do is to, if you got to go to war, the Marine Corps teaches you live. At they all costs. They don't teach you at all costs. That's all they teach you. That's why they call them America's finest fighting force. When when the Army and the Air Force gets there, the Marine Corps been there for months. You just mm -hmm. don't read about it on the news. They've been there cleaning the pathway for them to come in there and do photo ops and march across <laughs> the thing. We the ones that go in there Shame. make shit happen. And do the, do the dirty work. We do the dirty work, the great work. And so... With all of that, man, you you have all this programming. I was just type A, man. I was wound up like a knot for years, man. And so even when I got out of there, I never learned how to process those feelings and emotions. So 
It didn't matter if it was man, woman. It didn't matter what it was. I ain't the biggest dude in the world, but you can be. But if you came to me, this is about to get ugly. What was the? I mean, obviously, you like there's a ton of there's a ton of growth and and just wisdom and all of what we just heard, right? Mm-hmm. And and the thing is, like, we're just meeting you in person for the first time. Like, we had a right. couple of phone conversations, all this stuff. But what was your your man in the mirror moment? Like, when would you when did you say, okay, you you got to do something? You got to so somewhere online, you had a fork in the road. It was like, okay, either I'm gonna continue down this road, or I'm gonna sit down. And I'm gonna figure out a way to start making a change. Man, it was so when I met my second wife, we dated for some years, and I remember we got in this big argument, man. And I pushed her, and didn't even realize that I did. And like I pushed her, and she fell. She she hit the ground, and man, I was so angry. I didn't even real, and it wasn't anything to be that angry over. So I knew, man, that I had an issue. And I remember she she didn't talk to me for about a week. And she called me up and she said, hey, I love you. But you got to deal with that. She said, I don't know where you went. I don't know what happened to you. You went to a place and then that was it. And that right there was like, nobody is ever, man, for me taking the time to sit down and just talk to me straight up and tell me something. You know, if people care about you, they'll tell you the things you don't want to hear. The ones that smiling in your face all the time. You know how they say everybody that's clapping for you ain't rooting for you. That's mm. right. I try not to deal with those. You know, my wife was one of those people that no matter what mistakes I made, and believe me, she she ain't no weak one by no right, you know. But she she was willing to invest enough in me if I was willing to invest enough in myself. Wow. And so that it was just that simple, man. And I just knew I wanted to be something different than I had been. From the time I was a kid, man, I was like that. I remember stabbing a dude in the stomach when I was in like the fourth grade. You know, I was, you know, I used to, I used to get with, I was, I was a little kid. Yeah, you need to scoot up. So, you know, I like put some pictures together and like got him, you know. But it, it was, it was just one of those things, man, where that was the environment that I was in, you know. I, the, the the thing I love about these podcasts, and we're at one sixty deep, right? Yeah. Um, you don't know where the conversation is going because no, we literally did not know, right? So, so visionaries. By the way, if you if you're enjoying this content, please make sure you like and subscribe uh, to the to our YouTube channel and our uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that fun stuff, right? But this is all organic. This is not planned. We didn't right. have. Yeah, we didn't know we were going to talk about, about this, right? So I love where we're going. So when you realize, oh shit, okay, I need I need some work. How much of that is PTSD from being in the Marines versus PTSD from what you've seen as a as a young boy from you know second grade up? It's about 60-40. That that being my growth growing up is probably more of it than anything. The Marine Corps for me was a cakewalk. It, it was a cakewalk for me. I can remember being in boot camp, getting pissed off at the drill instructor because he kept messing with me. And they they used to take me out in the sand pit. I went to boot camp in San Diego. And this is where they'll get you out there and they'll exercise you for hours as a punishment. And, man, I would I would sit there and do it until I passed out. I didn't care. <laughs> and, if they, and if they got on me again, you know, if I was standing my ground, I was standing my ground. Because in my mind, you ain't doing nothing to me that ain't, ain't been done. You what, what could you possibly do to yeah, me that, that you, I haven't already experienced? You can't put no pressure on me that I haven't experienced as a kid. You know, I watched a dude kick my mother's door off the hinges one night and come through there and wreck house. You can't, you, you can't break me. 
And and I, I dealt with that in the Marine Corps those first couple of years, you know, in the 80s. And it was different, you know, because while there was a lot of black people in the Marine Corps, it was still a big divide, you know. And and so, you know, I used to deal with a lot of things, but you can't break me. You know, I would, man, they would, they would get me out there before drill instructors around there, up, down, up, down, screaming at me, yelling at me. I'd just be like, okay. I, yeah. You know, I just keep going until they get tired or until I get tired. When I can't do it no more, yeah, I passed out and I was tired and I was hurting, but in my mind, my mind stays sharp. You ain't never going to get my mind. You're not going to get my mind, man. You can get my body, but you're not going to get my mind. As soon as this body wears, you know, rejuvenates, I'm about to act a fool again. You know, that's that's, that's how I was, man. You rushed up one time. But in time, man, wisdom kind of prevailed. Certain situations comes about in your life, man, that you – you realize you could have did it different. I know that's what happened for me. And and one of the things you said I think is important because we didn't know where this conversation was going. And anybody that's looking at this, if you have an issue with anger, get some help, man. Yes. Yes. There are people out there that will help you if you want to be helped. You don't want to be helped, you ain't going to get it. But if you want the help, man, there are people out there that will talk to you. Counseling is a good thing. As a matter of fact, I just realized yesterday this is Mental Health Awareness Month. You know, so this is a great time to have that conversation. You know, if you you know you need some help, there's people out there that are willing to help you if you seek it and you you really want it. So do that. You know, there'll be people there'll be people that'll probably watch this and say, "Fuck him." You know, he's just another guy. This I ain't looking for a pat on the back. I live my life. I made my mistakes, but I feel like that God has blessed me tremendously, yes, sir. man. Yes, sir. You know, in that. One of the things uh, I learned in counseling, I'll say this. I read a book. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it was the author was Brene Brown. She talks about vulnerability. She talks about anger being rooted in fear. And that statement, anger being rooted in fear, I realized I was afraid of people controlling me. So I get angry. I, that was that was my coping ne- mechanism, man. And I did that. And right, wrong, and different, that's what I did. There's a lot of men that will stand around and talk about, I never put my hands on this person. I wouldn't do that. We don't know what you do behind closed doors. You know, we all got to learn. Nor do we know what you're going to do in that situation. In that situation. You don't know what you're going to do. But one thing I can say about myself today that's different from yesterday, I know what I'm going to do. You know, I've, I've learned that I have a choice to walk away from any situation. I ain't got to get mad. You know, I'm killing myself if I'm getting mad. And yeah. that's how I see it. And, you know, I just do things different, man. I learn to communicate different. I learn to listen more intently and differently now. And and it works for me. Bro, I'm 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 blown away because the energy's there, the 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 content, the storyline is there. Um, this has been an amazing experience. But it's real. That's yeah, what it is. That, it's real. It's real, it's organic. Like we, um, sh- we showed up, then we were talking about cigars and accessories yeah. and how we got to meet each other through Susie again. Again, shout out to Susie Little Torch app for hooking Thank us up. Thank you, Susie. And and uh, like you said, like we don't you know we don't script this show out or whatnot. And thank you for being vulnerable enough to actually share that because we didn't know. Yeah, I've got something in the works. The Vision Lab has something in the works. We'll hear about it later on, but it'll probably be Septemberish when when everybody will see it. But you're going to be a part of it. I hope okay. I hope you'll be a part. I of would talk love to. You about to. It. Yeah, I would love to. I, I, we'll talk about it offline. Mo loves to do that, by the way. Um, but let's get back to 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 products. Let's get back to. Um, 
I want to say Chevrolet so Chevalier. bad. <laughs> oh, in my mind. Yes. In, no, in my mind, I, I think of Chevalier. 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 Okay. Chevalier. Let's get back All to Chevalier. All 100,000 people that are probably going to see this are going to know. Yeah. It's Chevalier. Chevalier. Okay. So you decide with your sister to create this thing. Um, kind of, I mean, COVID's still here. Right. But, you know, it's a little bit, a little bit lighter last year than it was the first year, right? Right. Um, Talk to me about your mentality on on getting this off the ground once you realize, oh, shit, I, I, I kind of got something here. <laughs> it was funny, man, because I always get um, – I always use words like, man, I don't know if this is going to work, but I just keep going. Like, you know, I figure I'm just going to throw it out there and see what happens, you know. And if, if it doesn't hit right, then, you know, I'll look at that box and I might – move the picture over to the left and throw it back out there. You know, I'll, I'll keep changing it until it hits. You know, it's just like cooking a meal. You don't get the ingredients right, you change an ingredient That's it. and then serve it again. And That's see right. if it, 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 you know, it's the same thing. And so for me, it's real simple. And I've always done sales outside of that. I've been in management with O'Reilly and AutoZone, all these different companies. So for me, this, this is a no-brainer because a lot of times sales is not selling your product, it's selling yourself. If people like you, they'll buy your product. And if they feel comfortable with you, they'll tell you what it takes to make the product better. And so even with the things that I do, I follow up with a lot of my customers and say, hey, how's that hoodie? Or how's that T-shirt? How's that, that torch lighter kit? How's that humidor? What don't you like about it? What do you like about it? I, I, I don't mind picking up and texting them or sending them an email and ask them. And if they don't answer, I'll ask them again, you know. I ask for feedback as soon as they get the products. You know, we, we want to know what didn't you like about the process? Because we're going to change it if, if it's something you don't like about it, if it's changeable. You know, if it's not changeable, then I'm going to give you some type of response so you understand why we can't change it. That's just basic sales one-on-one. No, that's, you're, you're dead on. And being an adult, too. Yeah. It's caring. It's, it's, I care it's, about my customers. Yeah, but but it goes back to what I said. You know, we talked about your your kids, and by the way, shout out to you, because um, your your wife had three or two. She had two. I she, had three. okay. So, but you take them on and you call them your kids. Right. Shout out to you. And for And I co-parent with their dad. Hey, he's an amazing. Big father. fucking shout out to you for that. Their dad's an amazing father. You know. Yeah. I, I always say. Y'all just could get along. You know, yeah. when I talk to them, I'm like, y'all could get along. You shit to do with me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> nothing to do with me. But, but big ups to you for that. Oh, man. thank you. Bro. Um, but 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 it's like that humility and that humbleness and and the, the selflessness, you know, that that I'm just constantly the energy is like is there and I, I'm constantly picking up on that, man. Um I think we've talked a lot about, you know, where you are, what you've been through, but we want to know where you're going. Well, what's the long-term vision? The long-term vision is to, my number one goal is to open a lounge. You know, I have a, for, for many years, long before I got into uh, cigars, I always wanted to have a jazz club. You know, very specific type of jazz club. I'm, I'm really into multicultural type um, uh, venues where everyone can come and get something from it. That's how I feel about the cigar lifestyle as well. You know, uh, in the future, I'd like to have my own festival, you know, one or two day festival with lots of music. I'm now I love cigars, but music is my passion. I love I love music, jazz, any type of music. Blue eyed soul is what I like to call it. Mm. Those stuff like Ambrosia and Toto and all those old groups. 
And uh, so I'm really into that, man. And I want to create something within the cigar culture that encompasses all of that, where people can come together and just have a good time in the love with the, you know, based on the love of the leaf. And one of the things I was on a, a, a live the other night with some friends of mine on Instagram, and we got to talking about that. And I said, you know, it's funny. I'll walk in some lounges sometime where there's not a lot of black people. And, you know, a lot of times when you walk into situations like that, some people are uncomfortable. But, man, it's something about having a cigar in my hand that takes that away because everybody just wants to talk about cigars. Everybody just will start a conversation about cigars and it turns into something else. And that's what the cigar culture does for you. So for me going forward, I really want to have some type of festival, you know, a music festival based on music and cigars. Um, I'd like to actually start, and I'm planning on starting something called Conversations with Chevalier uh, based on my uh, Instagram format where I talk to people in music, I talk to people, cigar lifestyle, and some other people too. I had an interesting conversation recently with a young lady out of Houston by the name of Smoking Sarah 757. What a name. Wait, 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 yeah. wait. You guys may know she's kind no, there's of, another Smoking Sarah in Dallas. Is it? There's one yeah. in Houston. Okay. Her, her, her number, Smoking Sarah 757. You know her. And we got okay. to talking about uh, domestic violence. And, uh, you know, October being, you know, domestic violence awareness month and why she wore purple all the time. I never knew why. And she told me her story. And I was like, man. That's deep. That's deep. So eventually, whatever I'm doing, the conversations with Chevalier, the festivals, I want that to all go back into domestic violence awareness with a, a key focus on young men. There's plenty of groups out here to help women. I would like to, to, to support something, maybe even start something one day that helps young men coming up in that to change their thought process because that's what we got to do to stop domestic violence. I, I've never I've never been involved in any type of DV, but it, it certainly is warranted, right? Because you, you hear, mm -hmm. and, and please don't make this this mistake. The the victims of, of the domestic violence need all the help and support they that they all. get. They do. But it's also about, you know, correcting the behaviors for the young men that right. are involved. And, and right. we don't ever talk about that. And and literally, until you said this, this is June, right? So, yep. like, I, I'm i 40 years old. I, I, I never have thought about that. Mm -hmm. So I'm very grateful that you even mentioned that, you know. Thank you. Thank um, you. So, I, like I said, we're going to talk offline. I, I got something, you know, for you. I think that it speaks to what you're talking about. I want to say this. My mom uh, is probably the strongest person I know. One of the things about her, man, she she did her best for me not to be that. You know, she did the best she could for me not to become that guy, you know. And I still became that guy because what she knew was the best she could wasn't enough to help me. But back then, no one knew about, you know, you didn't, especially in the black community. Yeah, therapy one thing black is, you do not talk about therapy. No, you don't. You keep that shit in the house. That's right. And if you go down the street, you tell Mr. Jackson what's going on. Whole neighborhood was about to happen. Yeah, that was about to happen. So you know, you just didn't do that, and uh, and so I never felt like, you know, I need somebody to help me. Yeah, as a kid, I just dealt with it. Yeah, you, you just deal. And my sister did too. You know, and through her, because of her and my mom, man, my sister wrote a book recently, and uh, it's sort of like a curriculum uh, about domestic violence, and she's really. You know, she's a whole nother level when it comes to that that thing, man. She's got 
she does a lot. Like she's dedicated her life to that, you know, in service of that. And so that was another thing that really kind of pushed me. Like, how can I be this guy and my sister's doing all of this? Yeah. And it's just the two of us. Yeah. You know, it's just the two of us. And so that was another thing that was a great motivation outside of my wife and, and kids was to just, you know, to do that. So uh, I love it, man. Yeah. Well, I think it's uh yeah, time we, to have, uh, plan, this, this has been great, man. First of all, right. we, we appreciate you making it happen. Yes. Man, uh, thank y'all. Oh, no problem at all. Um it, it's time for us to land the plane. Um, as you know, uh it's a round table and you get five other seats. Um <laughs> you can have anybody at the table. The only stipulation we put on it is that you can't have God at your table. Okay. Outside of that, dead or alive, who do you want at your table? Hold on one second. That's the first time you ever said God. Well, I love it. I believe that he's a, he's a believer. Well, I say it because I don't want to offend anybody. Like we're in that age. Like you, we might have somebody on here who believes in Buddha or Allah. And that's and fine. I don't want anybody to be offended, right? Yeah. So well, you should say they shouldn't have any of them. None of them can. Well, come. I usually say, hey, whatever, whatever. <laughs> religious, no, I love it though. Like uh, whatever good. religious deity you believe in, right? Because some people are sensitive about that, right? And that's we, true. We, we're not here for that, right? We'll start asking beforehand. Well, you, you're right. We'll, <laughs> we'll we'll do that. No, shout out to you though. That being I like, said, I, I like that though. Yeah. So five people, if dead or alive, the first one will be Marvin Gaye, because I am a big Marvin Gaye fan. I people used to say I look on. like him. They say I look like you, him. You can favor him. They okay, said, okay. man, when I had some hair, man, you can I used to have bit. some hair. You rocking man, the ball you know? though, real strong. So Marvin Gaye, uh, Barack Obama, of course. I think okay. a lot of people say that. I would like to have somebody from the other side of the table, though. You know, somebody that's. Not as popular that that I could debate with, so it would probably be somebody like uh, I would say John Boehner from the Republican Party. He's somebody that I would like to have a conversation right. with and be like, "Fuck, what you thinking?" Yeah, so John Boehner, right? Yeah. All right, so what we do anytime that we have a new person that we've never heard on the show, mm -hmm. we, we don't take a shot, but we take a drink. Okay. Right. John Boehner and John Marvin Gaye. Gay. He's the first one to say Marvin Gaye. Is he really? Yeah. Mm. And I got two more, right? Mm -hmm. Two more. I like to have Lit Torch Susie because wow. I'm a big, I'm a big fan of. Man, let me tell you something. That hustle. I, I watch her, man. I, I've never met her. She's got a level of hustle, man. She is everywhere. If you look at her on Instagram, she might be in North Carolina today. Florida tomorrow, and then Oregon somewhere the next day. You're right. That's hustle. I admire the hustle. I love that. Um, Shout out to Susie. So that's four, right? Yep. yep. And my last one, I would have to say. Hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know. You got John Boehner, Barack Obama, Obama. Marvin Gaye, and Susie. And Susie. The torch. Who you've and, never uh, met. I've never met her, but I just admire the hustle. And uh, I would probably say Jamie Foxx. Good one. Yeah. That's a good and one. And the reason for Jamie Foxx, man, this is a kid that comes out of Terrell, Texas, right yep. next to Forney. I, I just want to hear some of the stories about what he had to go through. You know, he went through the living color thing. He did that when that debacle happened and the networks took it from them. He had to go back and kind of reinvent himself. Yeah. Jim Carrey came on the scene, knocked him and Wanda out the box. You know, I'd like to see, hear his story of overcoming and how he did that. So, because because he's uh he's gone to a whole he's on that Oscar level. Yeah. So he would be one of the people that I want to talk to. And all of those people for me are overcomers in some way. John, except for John Boehner, I just like to know what are your thoughts 
as you look at my community and why do you feel the way you feel? And then I would ask him, lastly, you were so down to put all these people in jail and now you go to work for one of the largest marijuana companies mm-hmm. in the world on the board. So that what those are the types Donato. of things that I want to talk to it's him It's all about Donato. Yeah. So I would like to talk to him and, and get that feedback from Jamie him. Jamie Foxx. Pretty um, good table. I would say when I was in my 20s, you know, late teens, early mm-hmm. 20s, um, was it, I don't like the word idol, but I, I, I respect what he does because he's constantly reinvents himself. Right. Or if you could say, you know, he's not reinventing himself. He's actually just showing you his talents, right? I thought for the longest time he was one of the most talented individuals oh, in, in Hollywood. Oh, not yeah. Even a question. But it was so, but I thought he was underrated. I don't think, I he mean, the guy, the guy does comedy. He can do sketch, uh, sketch comedy. Mm-hmm. He can do stand-up comedy, right? Um, I would never get into a roasting battle with him. Oh, no. Ever. No. He's a at- former athlete, singer, songwriter, uh, musician. A great musician. Yep. Fantastic musician. Yeah. And, and, and a- uh, um, an actor. An actor. and But not just an actor. He's an Oscar award-winning actor. actor. Like, All at a young age. Yeah. Like, before and, 40. That motherfucker is on fire. Jamie, yeah. you, you have an open, open invite. And bring some of the brown sugar bourbon. You got your name. Yeah. Bring, bring some, man. Come on through. Yeah. Hey, I'm going to come by too, Jamie, if you yeah. come back. Come on and you'll be on the show <laughs> when he comes through, for, for sure. So this has been amazing. Um, I want to give you the opportunity one more time to drop your social media handles. How can anyone get a hold of you, get in contact with you, buy any of your amazing products? We'll have to talk about what we can do for the Vision Lab, okay? okay. But, um, yeah, so go ahead and drop that for our listeners. So you can reach me. Uh, my Instagram is uh, at Chevalier's Critiques. Uh, there's a link in my bio for my website, ChevalierLife.com, or you can go straight to the uh, to ChevalierLife.com. You know, check us out. Check out our personalized humidors, apparel, and uh, cigar accessories. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook. Uh, send me a friend request. Yule Neal, or you can do Chevalier Critiques on uh, Facebook. And Yule is Y-U-E-L. That's correct. Yes, sir. Just for those that that are Mm -hmm. listening. So you watch the show, right? I do watch. Okay, so I'm not going to just give an oop, right? I'm going to ask a different question. Okay. You have five kids. Mm -hmm. And we don't need to know their names because obviously I want to protect the youth. But I want you to give one word as a recommendation or word of advice Literally a word of advice for each one of your kids. Okay, that's an easy one. Start with your oldest son. Oldest son. So with the oldest son, I want you to believe in yourself more. Okay. Believe. Uh, For the second oldest son, fear not. Okay. For the third oldest son. The middle child. The middle child. This dude. (laughs) This dude is something else. (laughs) They always are. Yeah. They always are. That, that's my and I've, I've got two of those middle child. One's 17, one's 60. Uh, for the first one, I would say be a little more dedicated. Okay. Uh, for the younger of the two middle children, I would say tone it down. <laughs> and for the last one, the 12-year-old daughter, great job. All right. So we just celebrated Father's Day. I want to wish you a very happy Father's Day. Um, know that it probably went well, um, but I, I I love the 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 concept and the idea that you've gotten to this stage and age in your life that it's not about 
me anymore. It's not about you. And everything that you're doing is for, for your kids. I love the fact that you, you've taken on, you know, you don't call them your stepkids or stepchildren, no. right? They're yours. They're and, and, and brother, let me, that means a lot to me. Um, so I respect you for that. Um, it's been an absolute honor and pleasure on the show. But as you know, since you're a fan of the show, we ask every person that jumps into the lab, um, what advice would, would you all be giving himself from five years ago? So, so the today version of yourself, what advice are you, are you telling yourself from five years ago? I'd be telling myself to don't be afraid to make change. Don't be afraid to chase your dreams. Just go out there and do it. You can do anything you want to do. Just get out there and do it. Don't, don't be so quick to say they might not like it. Just do it because you don't really care anyway. Just do it. That's good. That's good. All right, we're going to fast forward the clock. You're, you're knocking on the door at 60 at this point. Still looking good. <laughs> still in shape. I, I, already know, I already know this as a former Marine. Um, what advice is that older version of yourself? What, is, what advice is he giving you today? The older Yule would probably look there, would probably look back. He'd probably say to me, man, chill out sometimes. You don't have to try to be everything to everybody. Just relax. You'll get here. I love it. You're going to get here. Just chill it. out. Well, you'll listen, brother. It's been absolutely amazing having you on the show. Um, visionaries, lots of bars, lots of gems that have been dropped in this one. Big shout out to you all for jumping into the lab. Remember, each one of our guests are dropping nuggets of wisdom here on the Trail of Life. Ultimately, my friends, it's up to you to pick them up. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Ryan Mosley. He is Ryan Cuffey. Thank you again to our guest, the owner, creator, all of the above of Chevalier Life, uh, Mr. Yule Neal. Yule, we appreciate your time. And yes. uh, Visionaries, we'll see you guys next week on another great episode of the Vision Lab Podcast. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Thank right. you. All right. Blessings. Blessings.